Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. I am Aaron Schweitzer and I'm joined by Laurel Bronze. This podcast is powered by everyone's favorite newspaper, The Source Weekly, uh, which will be coming back on stands May 24th. May 21st, sorry about that. Um, and then I wanna give a, a shout out to our sponsor who's been great helping us get this podcast going. Then Pet Express, your best local source for healthy products for pets since 1993. You can order online at benpetexpress.com for free deliveries, or of course they have daily curbside pickup from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I am joined today by Derek Glasser. He is born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. He transitioned from the COCC work experience program, three credits for 100 hours, right to Yellowknife Wireless where he works today. He's been at Yellowknife for nine years this May, is now the assistant manager, although of course he has worked every position there as well. Uh, he notes that his wedding was canceled May 2nd due to COVID-19. <laughs> Uh, and he also has a 19-month-old son. Full disclosure, uh, I am also a uh, Yellowknife user, personally, and uh, Derek helped save me from CenturyLink DSL. <laughs> Very grateful for it. <laughs> and also, full disclosure, uh, Yellowknife has helped out a lot of um, lay it out events, events like Winterfest, Summerfest, Fallfest, the Vita Band with providing wireless on the spot to vendors. And um, we're super grateful for all of that support as well. Um, but let's, uh, let's circle back to probably the most compelling thing. So your, your wedding was canceled. Yeah, yep. We planned it for uh, May 2nd at Tethero and just you know, they kind of strung us along at first thinking that something was going to break with the pandemic and then it didn't. And they said, call your, you know, you know, vendors and tell them we're done till uh, next year. And do you, uh, so are you, are you currently married or are you, go, are you waiting for the big day? No, we're waiting for the big day. We, we contemplated going down to the, the county. Of course, they were closed at the time as well. Um, so we just decided to wait and just do it all, you know, at yeah. once. Yeah. It's not really the kind of thing you want to put in that envelope and slide through the slot that the camera. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It, it's, it's taking something that should be ceremonious and, and knocking it down even another peg. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, sorry to hear about that. And thanks for coming on the program. Um, oh, of course. Can, I wanted to start off and just ask you about what you've seen in terms of just usage spike, how your job sure. has changed i mean you guys were um were nice enough to give people some data boosts and i know that's greatly needed at a time when everyone's transitioning from home to work so right can you speak to that a little bit so here's what i saw i mean the first week of this whole thing i started working from home myself and doing so i had a little time to, to dig into stuff that i didn't normally look at and one of them was the usage spike at the Seattle Internet Exchange itself. And right around March, I think it was March 3rd or so, there was just this incredible spike. And that's that's even a little early compared to when all the stay-at-home orders were released um, by the governors. So when I looked at that, I go, all right, I'm going to start looking at our networks uh, individually, you know, aside from the whole internet itself. 
And I noticed that our usage graphs looked like the usage graphs for peak hours, you know, we're talking six to eight, you know, nine o'clock at night. They look like that at nine in the morning now because yeah. everyone's getting up, getting in front of a computer, getting logged in and doing their work, their school, what have you. A lot of the bandwidth requirements for video conferencing are pretty high, you know, sure. um, or you're going to deal with just horrible quality. So um, that kind of led to the, the whole spike in the usage starting at like nine o'clock. Now what Yellowknife does is we use radio frequencies to deliver internet. So there's a metric that we measure called airtime. Well, I logged into like 20, we have, you know, hundreds of access points, right. like 20 in a row. Every single one of them was at 50% airtime usage at 10 in the morning. Wow. I mean, that is just insane. Yeah. So we, in order to mitigate that, you know, we, we do upgrades for the holidays ahead of the uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas time. Um, I mean, that got absorbed like in the first month, you know, all our efforts there just were just put right to use right away as soon as this pandemic started. Right. Um, we were fortunate enough, again, in the first two weeks of this thing to get a hold of LS Networks, who's a fiber provider in our area. And they were able to do two things for us, which is huge. They gave us more bandwidth to our head end at our office. Yeah. And they also lit up a circuit for us at our Cinder Butte Tower site in uh, Redmond there. So that, I mean, that just opened up a huge bottleneck in our whole network. And we had people calling the week before that were calling the week after going, you guys nailed it. We're all, you know, we're all good. And we're meeting the need. They literally, we had people feedback telling us exactly that. Like we're able to get our stuff done on Yellowknife's network. And we were like, okay, I think we did something here. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, something that we weren't quite sure, you know, at first. Yeah. That was the case. Yeah. And if you, um, so now, I mean, that was early on and, and you made those changes, but it is, I mean, like we've seen after pandemic and this was news absorption. I mean, there was, you know, that frenzy of, of, of um, activity and then it kind of planed into a new normal, which is still incredibly high. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're seeing as well with usage? Absolutely. And, and even the, like the fervor of like people calling in and kind of chomping to get a, get on our schedule and to get more and more. I mean, I had people like, like frantically asking me like, Hey, if I can't get a video conference done for work, this is going to happen. And this, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. that has all died down. And right. I said, what, you don't want a day off, you know? <laughs> so, uh, no, they, they were real serious about wanting this to work right as soon as they started working from home. And, and luckily we were able to do that. That kind of, that, I've seen that die down. We haven't seen the usage die down. In fact, um, you know, when we gave out the free data the first month, we saw like almost nobody going over you know, because they had this extra get, you know, these extra um, amount of data that they normally didn't use. Well, the next month it like shot way up. Like a bunch of people were like, Hey, we have it again. We're going to use it this time, you know? So, <laughs> so instead of like the usage kind of falling off, it actually is still going up and we still got people, you know, doing as much as they can on the internet. Yeah. Well, I, w I read a really interesting article about, um, you know, the new normal of people getting acclimated to, um, having employees work from home and then yeah. we're looking more like people can be in that position, um, you know, permanently and how it's affecting the real estate market in certain cities where right. all of a sudden you have all of this commercial space. Do you see 
I mean, if, if it's still in, inching up for you, I mean, that's a trend that could continue beyond capacity or, you know, how do people do that? I think, I mean, we're not worried about that yet, but you're right. The trend is going to continue where, you know, we're seeing, we used to be scheduled out maybe a week. We're scheduled out three weeks right now. Right. Um, and we don't foresee anything happening with like, we just can't meet the need. We actually are deploying brand new equipment that has like a 50% efficiency over the stuff that we're installing today. So anyone who's like having a speed issue or they feel like they're bottlenecked, we go out and put the new gear on and you know, they're off to the races again. Yeah. So luckily we have a few, you know, a few tricks in our bag here to, to get people going and keep them going, you know, and keep us going. Yeah. And I mean, like I mentioned, I mean, I live in, in the Tumalo area where there's no other service really available other than satellite like you guys deliver. And so, but prior to that, I mean, I was in a situation where, you know, it was just extremely slow and, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of segues into some of the questions Laurel's going to ask you about um, equality, like where some of these increasingly as we are working from home and there's more of this digital usage, mm -hmm. um, what the significance is for people who economically can't afford, uh, you know, satellite internet and they're kind of like left in the dust. Maybe Laurel, you could clarify questioning around that. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, especially as students are trying to teach themselves from home and, you know, a lot of white collar jobs are now at home. I'm just curious what you've seen out there. Um, let's just talk maybe about like economic inequality first. Right. I mean, so luckily we haven't had a lot of folks. I mean, I don't think we've had anyone call us that says, hey, we need your internet. We can't afford it. And I think that we're just fortunate at this point had we had someone that says you know hey i'm a i'm a teacher and my students are sitting here waiting for me to get an internet connection we would have done some anything we can you know what i mean which includes you know subsidizing the install fee wiping it completely or splitting it up over the first few months or something like that they there's always an option and we work with anyone and everyone you know we have a lot of people that were calling and going you know do you guys offer like a military or veteran discount or senior citizen discount? And it's like, we don't have a policy for that, but we'll talk to you. You know what I mean? There's something to offer you. Yeah. You know, if someone's on a fixed income, we work with them. Have I seen a big spike in that since this started? Honestly, no. I mean, the customers that call us are, you know, what I do here at Yellowknife is, is not only help manage, but I also plot every single house that calls us for service. And we're seeing a, just a lot of, the rural nice houses, you know, and I think part of that is that, you know, they're, they might be using these as second homes and now they're stuck here or something. I don't know, but they're like, Hey, we need the service now out here, our second home, whatever to, on top of that, those people aren't prioritized over the teachers and you know what I mean? And the students and the healthcare workers who are doing telemedicine and such. Um, Cause those people we want to get hooked up first. Um, but we're seeing a pretty steady flow of just the same old customers that we've always had. Um, if there was a need to help someone financially, we would do it. Do you okay. think, let me ask this. Do you think, but aside from that, do you think, I mean, some people, are, a lot of people are going to know, like they're going to look at rates and even any kind of internet upgrade over mm -hmm. what they currently got as an expense they can't take right now. I mean, are you doing a lot of installations and truly, you know, poor, poor economic, um, 
areas or places where you can tell the person just doesn't have a lot? Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, we, we do. And we, we, we hook everybody up. We treat them all the same. You know, um, there's certain cases where, you know, we might even see some red flags, but we know people need internet right now, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll take that little hit if they quit paying us in three months, you know, um, something that we kind of planned on early on was that, you know, our service requires a one-year contract. And a lot of these people in three or four months, when, if these things, you know, these orders are lifted might realize, Hey, I can go back to not having internet and I want to cancel, you know, and we'll take those on case by case as well, because we realize we can't force anybody to have something they don't need anymore, you know? Right. Can you just, maybe we should back up and um, have you tell us a little bit about what your company is and how it differs from Ben Broadband and Century. Sure. Sure. That's perfect. So both of those services you mentioned, Ben Broadband and CenturyLink have the luxury of having existing infrastructure, i.e. copper cable that goes from their connection points into your house. Um, where you don't have that is where Yellowknife rises, you know, to the top. Um, having that flexibility of being able to put a dish up is, is hands down why we have a reach in the rural areas in Central Oregon. There's a lot of communities like uh, Juniper Canyon and Juniper Acres even out in, uh, you know, East Central Oregon there in Prineville that, um, they, you know, some of those places don't have power and water. You know, they're on solar, they're off the grid. Um, all of those people are welcome to come to Yellowknife and we have most of them already. So if it's not um, cables, how does the internet actually come into these houses? Right, uh, really good question. So the, uh, you know, the FCC at some point allotted a slot of un what they call unlicensed frequencies. Um, Wi-Fi is an unlicensed frequency. Bluetooth is an unlicensed frequency. Those are some examples. Well, there's also a lot that, you know, we get to play with and those are a little higher in the band and I could bore you with all the, you know, technical jargon here. Um, but basically, the, we use a 5 gigahertz signal to deliver from the tower to your home, where the tower site is either fed with another wireless shot from another tower, and then we call that a backhaul, or in like the case of Aubrey Butte and Cinder, those have fiber feeds now. So we fiber feed a router, that goes and feeds the power supply for the wireless shot, and then that shoots the internet out to whoever connects to that tower. Great. Um Let's talk a little bit about rural America. I mean, I think this area is a really interesting portrait of, you know, it's like a metropolitan community juxtaposed with like vast swaths of, um, of rural land. And, um, you know, we've been hearing, especially since the pandemic, that, um, yeah, people that are way out there, you know, whether or not, you know, most of them can get electricity, but they're just not able to get internet access and I was wondering if you could just kind of talk through the dynamics of why it's such a challenge for for-profit companies to deliver that perfect some solutions for the future well I mean the the biggest thing okay so they have rural broadband initiatives I don't you know you might have heard that they every now and then it's in the news or it's in a you know local story on KTBZ um, because we are Central Oregon and there's a lot of rural area that process we have tried to dive into headfirst ourselves and found that there's so much red tape and they want you to account for every nickel to a level that you'd have to hire personnel just to handle that portion of your business you know 
just to deal with the FCC, we might need to hire one or two people here at Yellowknife just to fill out forms full time and, and account for the, the spending. And we're talking spreadsheets and receipts and, and everything. And, and like I said, form after form. I've just recently encountered some of this FCC stuff myself. Yell and I filed for an STA, which is a special temporary authorization for some um, normally licensed, licensed frequencies that they're going to unlock for the COVID pandemic so that providers like us can actually do even more for the community and, and offer more spectrum and more bandwidth for the towers that we have already. We don't need to buy new equipment. Uh, the companies just send us a special firmware image that unlocks all this you know, awesome frequency um, that was normally untapped and, and not available for us. Um, they actually use it for like smart cars or something. And since there's none in Central Oregon, they said, all right, maybe you know, the wireless providers could use it. So we, we jumped on that and, and filling out some of those forms, I was just like, wow, this is incredibly hard. I mean, it, it's not that they make it to where you don't, they don't want you to get it, but you have to dot every I and cross every T and, and maybe even cross your sevens and Zs, you know what I mean? Because they want everything just perfect in order for it to pass through. I mean, if it was that hard to do something that simple, to get like a $25 million grant to provide wireless broadband throughout rural central Oregon, I mean, the, the, the hill you have to climb is just huge. Yeah. And that's just one aspect. I mean, in, in reality, that's just if the FCC or the government helps. If we were to do it ourselves, the build-out costs are so high and there's so much space in between the houses and such, you know, the return on investment is just not there. You know, it, we, we experienced this firsthand. We installed equipment on uh, Pine Mountain out east to serve Millican brothers and Hampton. You guys familiar? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's about like 40 people within those three towns period and they're hiding from us. They're not, they don't have mailboxes or anything you can track with a database or, you know what I mean? So we have like four or five customers off that tower right now. It's just, we put out a lot of money. We tried to get this area that was, that had no access. I mean, we were told by uh, the, the person who actually like owns Milliken. He's like, oh, if you guys bring internet in here, we'll be able to get RV parks and golf courses and they're going to move Costco's 25 minutes down the road and we'll be cooking with Crisco, you know, and, and none of that happened. None, and, and in fact, now you have the pandemic and it's just stifled, you know, growth completely out there. Well, you're going to have to get an ATV and a mask and just, just gun it. Just like <laughs> <laughs> We're okay with that. <laughs> So, you know, you guys were speaking to the inequity here. I was, uh, I was in, in the last few days, I was able to do some research on a website for the Center of Rural Innovation. And uh, boy, you know, that, those are just crazy maps to look at. What you have in Central Oregon is here in Bend, they, they, this map I looked at was broke down by school district and the availability of broadband to just the school district children. Right. Here, in, here in Deschutes County, we're looking at, where is it? 9% are without. Only 9% of the children in the school district do not have access. You look at Jefferson County, they're at 61% don't have access. Wow. Crook County, 71%. Wow. Camp Sherman, 100%. Not one child in Camp Sherman has access to broadband internet. And what, and, but that's saying that they've got some kind of dial up or something. They must have. Yeah. 
a lot of them are stuck on dial-up out there. Yeah, or or maybe like a, a one megabit, you know, DSL CenturyLink line that's oversubscribed. You know, right. Well, tell yeah, us but, a little bit about that solution we we're talking about today with how you thought that maybe this would be an opportunity for cell phone providers, cell service providers to help. Right. Right. I mean, so here's, you know, as soon as I thought about this, it made me remember the transition from analog to digital over the air. You remember that, Aaron? Oh, yeah. When, and everybody had to get their hands on one of those digital converter boxes. What did the government do? Because everybody couldn't afford one. They handed out vouchers and they allowed people to take a voucher into Fred Meyer, Radio Shack, wherever you went. And you can hand them a voucher and walk out with a piece of hardware. You know, a piece of hardware that grabbed signal that provided you high definition channels for absolutely free. Someone paid for that, right? So fast forward to 2020, we're in the middle of a pandemic. There's underserved children who now have to work from home or do school from home, excuse me. And they don't have access to any internet. Well, the only ubiquitous option is cell phone. It's low frequency and it's the only signal that propagates through trees and through vast areas and and where our service does not and you know if to hit someone that's down in a canyon you're going to get a lot better luck on a cell phone you know frequency than you would on our five gigahertz frequency for instance it just wouldn't happen you know we have to have direct line of sight to their house where you guys know from using your cell phone you don't have to see a you know cell phone tower to use your phone or even stream something you know it works beautiful so, yeah, but you're saying, but in that scenario, those cell phone providers would have to give some kind. I mean, because anybody who's put their put their phone on as a hotspot for an extended period of time knows what happens to their data. Right, right. You you get bottlenecked. You know, you get throttled. A lot of those plans. Now that that'll have to be worked out with the providers. You know, because they have the option to throttle you after you know five, ten, fifteen, or twenty five gigabytes, uh, from what I've seen. And they call that, you know, unlimited, like you said, but you fire up your hotspot and they're like, all right, he's using a lot of data. We got to turn it down. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely experienced that. We experienced that running a lot of square units at some of our festivals where as soon as those square units start getting hit and they're all on people's cell phones, they throttle it down and yep. I feel sorry for the the rural kid who's trying to do math on that. Well, and, and in order for this to work, you would not have, you would not be able to employ that. What you would want to do is do traffic shaping where you don't just give them everything, but yeah. you set them at like a hard, like three megabits per second, which would be enough to pull up any website, YouTube video, any instructional video from their teacher, whatever, and, and not throttle it after a certain point. But this is not a this is not a program you're reading about. This is a Derek Glasser plan for success in the rural counties. I'm I'm taking this all the way to the top, man. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> you started at the right place. Uh, well, and, and great, it what, seems like a great idea. It makes sense. And that's what I thought. And you know, not only does it make sense, but we have the the infrastructure exists today, right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the self, the, if the government's involved subsidizing, they could work out a deal with the network providers that says, you know, tell them to be done by five o'clock and then they don't get any more free internet or what, you know what I mean? That there's a lot of options to kind of um, limit and meter it to where it works out, you know? Right. Cause like you were saying, I mean, you're seeing, I mean, at those, during those daytimes, probably the times when kids would be using it for schoolwork anyways, yeah. um, you're at 50% capacity. Uh, uh, of the network anyways yeah it's and that's with high. like almost everybody on yeah, yeah. okay 
Derek, that's a good idea. What what would you did you say was the, the stat for Crook and Jefferson counties? Can we hear that again? So, yeah, so the school district actually it's just school district four in Jefferson County because actually Camp Sherman is also in Jefferson County. Yeah. So Jefferson County has the the West is at a hundred percent, nobody has access. Yeah. Um Jefferson's at sixty one percent, the rest of it, and Crook County's at seventy one percent. Well, Derek, anything that we did not talk about that you want to wrap about before we before we let you go? So what's literally what's on the horizon these days is you guys might have seen these floating stars in the sky. That's Elon Musk is deploying Starlink right now. You oh. know, which is which is made to fill this gap that we're literally speaking about. His focus is not going to be North America right away. I don't know. You know, you might not know that. Yeah. And and the service is set to almost be the same as it is today with the existing providers. He's just going to blanket the earth with it. So you, you still have these like big innovators who are thinking, you know, hey, I got this great idea. But you're still going to have people that don't get it, can't get it, and it just doesn't work. Right. Well, Derek, thanks. Thanks for being a part. Thank uh, you, guys. I love the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. And um uh, really appreciate again. I appreciate the service and uh, appreciate everything you guys are doing. Oh, yeah. We love the source. We love lay it out. Yep.